Welcome everyone to part two of today's Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Coming up on this part of the program, we're going to be looking at NFL power rankings and continuing our NHL and Calgary Flames previews. Uh, if you're looking for a reaction to this team right here, the Toronto Blue Jays, that is in part one, which is available. Now, um, as always, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I am at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. And you can email the show, couchpotatodiary, at yahoo.com. Um, so, like I said, power rankings, NHL preview, Flames preview coming up. Um, if you're watching in the video, subscribe and like. If you're listening in podcast form, rate, review, subscribe wherever you can. And let's get into it with a look at the NFL power rankings for this week. All right, let's do NFL power rankings here. Um, we will start at the bottom. It's the Chicago Bears again. Um, just a bad football team. Looked better. Looked better. Still a bad football team. Um, so they come in as the worst team in the league. The Carolina Panthers are not far behind them um, as they sit at number 31. And quite frankly, I think a compelling case could have been made for them to be number 32 on this list instead. Um, at 30, it's Arizona. Although I will say... This is an Arizona team that is actually going out there and battling each and every week. They're not good, but they're going out there and actually giving a darn every week. And you, you just, you like to, it's, it's weird that that's a bar that's been set, but you just love to see that sort of a thing from uh, a team in this situation. So um, Arizona is at 30. At 29, it is the Vegas Raiders. Um, they had a chance to, to come back in that game. Aiden O'Connell has a long way to go as the uh, backup quarterback. If, if he's going to be the next one, um, they, they, they have some work to do. Um, Josh McDaniels continues to be a very bad football coach, and th this continues to be a very bad team. Um, the Denver Broncos come in at 28. Um, so your bottom five, Denver, the Raiders, uh, Arizona, Carolina, and Chicago. Again, I think it's going to be real interesting what Arizona does at the quarterback position in this draft. Um, if the Raiders end up in a spot where they get a quarterback, that is going to be a monumental shift for for this franchise. But they, they only have a couple of good players um, right now. It's basically starting from scratch out in Vegas. One more time. Uh, at 27, it is the Giants. That was an abysmal showing on Monday Night Football. And it's just so clear that whatever magic they had a season ago, easy schedule, is now gone. That uh, This is not a great football team that we are seeing out there each and every week for um, for the, the New York Giants. That they are just getting absolutely walloped at every instance. Um, and it's it's becoming an issue for them here. Um, and you, you look, let, let's take a look here at the schedule. Cause that was, a, uh, the reason I was saying that it's a, a must win is because of where they are at now in the, um, in, in their schedules. They are at the dolphins this week. You think that dolphins team going to be a little upset uh, about what transpired last week. Um, so they have at the, uh, at the dolphins, then at the bills on Sunday night, home against the commanders, home against the jets. So that there's a, a couple of games there, but these next two, have a chance to just absolutely bury the the Giants who are already coming into this game at one and three. They could be one and five going into a divisional matchup against Washington and then your crosstown rivalry game against the, the New York Jets. It's a problem right now for the Giants. At 20, where are we? 26, it is Minnesota. Not a whole lot to add. It just, again, 
everything that was supposed to regress for this team has. Um, and they, they're just bad. They're, they're a bad football team, man. Uh, at 25, it's the Indianapolis Colts. They're hanging with some, some decent teams. Um, they are picking up wins where maybe they weren't expected to, but overall, this is still a work in progress. I'll be interested to see what impact Jonathan Taylor has on this football club as he is eligible to, to come off the, the PUP. But man, oh man, um, it's been better than I thought, at least, for the, the, the Indianapolis Colts this season. At 24, it's New England. Um, they, they are in a spiral right now. They lost two of their most important defensive players, and Mac Jones has lost his mind. Um, he's just not a good quarterback, and he is not the quarterback of a team that is going to, to elevate away from defensive issues that they may have with those players banged up. So the, the real shining spot for this team is gone, and it could get real ugly real quick out in New England. Uh, it's already a little ugly because they're now behind the Jets in the, the power rankings. The Jets at least hung with Kansas City. Zach Wilson showed that there might be something there to, to maybe work on and, and mold out of that clay or whatever. But uh, for now, it ain't great. Um, they are at 23. At 22, it's Atlanta. The rest of the roster is great, but the quarterback is a major problem. I would imagine we're going to see Heineke here before the month of October is out. Um, he is just... Ritter's not it. It's so, so clear that Ritter is not it that I, I think you have to make a move if you are Atlanta. At 21, it's Washington. Poor coaching maybe cost them the win uh, against the, the Philadelphia Eagles this week, but uh, they, they, they still have issues. I don't really know what they're great at, and Sam Howell I don't think is the guy. Um, at 20, it is the New Orleans Saints. That's a rough loss for New Orleans this week. The, the defense showing some holes uh, offensively, that there's some work that needs to be done, but it, it's just not a dynamic team right now. At 19, it's the Houston Texans. I said I took the Houston Texans for granted. Um, they have now moved out of the bottom 10, or the bottom 12, I guess, into around the middle ground. Um... There are real things to like in Houston, and they're showing that on a weekly basis. At 18, it's the Rams that this offense, again, has opportunities to um, kind of step up and elevate now with Cooper Cup. Interested to see how he and Puka Nakua kind of fit together and where, where does Tutu Atwell fit in all of this. But the Rams might be sneaky good. At 17, it's Pittsburgh. Um, that defense is really good, but the, the offense is just so terrible. Um, Kenny Pickett is bad. The The play calling with Matt Canada is atrocious. And now there's calls that Mitch Trubisky will, will come in and, and help shake things up. Boy, oh boy. When, when that's the, the thing you're going to, that's a problem. But everything else around it has this team where they need to be. At 16, it's Cincinnati. Um, and this is based all on reputation. That was an abysmal loss this week. It's just, it feels like it's spiraling right now out in Cincy. At 15, Green Bay, uh, a lot of the good vibes gone uh, with a, a shellacking at the hands of the Detroit Lions on a short week, but still not ideal. At 14, um, Seattle. 13, it's the Titans. They feel like they're kind of back on track and right around where they should be. Uh, at 12, it's Cleveland. I'm not going to ding them too much. They were in the top 10 last week. Not going to ding them too much, but uh, because they, they had a backup quarterback in, but I think we saw like maybe the, the thought that this defense is going to be historically good uh, might take a bit of a, a step back. At 11, 11, it's Detroit uh, banging on the, the door to that top 10. 
I might be stubborn in keeping Jacksonville there, but they get a win to get back on track. At nine, it's the Chargers who almost um, screwed up uh, another one against the Raiders this week. At eight, it is your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, seven, the Baltimore Ravens. That, that was against the defense that everyone was really hot and bothered by. They come up and put up points. That's a, a good showing from them and a nice reminder that this is still a team to really be worried about in the AFC North. At six, the Dallas Cowboys don't really move after a, a beatdown of New England. At five, it's Miami. I still, like I said, I'm not just burying the Dolphins based off of one loss against one of the better teams in the league, but some things need to improve, for sure, out in Miami. Uh, that defense kind of needs to, to catch up to the reputation of Vic Fangio. At uh, four, sorry, it's Philadelphia. Um, I can't put them any higher based off of, like, they're, they're still high, they're in the top five, but can't put them any higher based off of the struggles they had against Washington. At three, it is Kansas City, number two, San Francisco, and a statement win puts the Buffalo Bills as the number one team in this week's NFL Power Rankings. All right, let's continue our NFL preview now, looking at over and undervalued teams in the NHL. We will start with overvalued teams, the Boston Bruins. Uh, Bodog right now has them, uh, their uh, points total at 100 and a half. I get, like, there was going to be regression anyway because they put up a historic win total a year ago. But even if they dropped, like, 10 wins um, just from that, you would have to assume, right? Like, the... The, the historic win total isn't their base. That's kind of their best case scenario. So you have to think they come down a little bit. Then you lose Bergeron and Krejci. Um, to, to use the baseball method, would they be, like, Bergeron would be like a five, six, seven win player. So there's, let's say, 12 points. Um, Krejci probably a three win player at this point. So there's another six. You keep bringing it down a little bit. Um, I just don't see how this team gets 100 points this year. Maybe they're a playoff team, but I just don't see them getting 100 points this year. Next, um, on the opposite end, I have Chicago at 72 and a half. There has been a lot about Connor Bedard, um, and look, he is so, so incredibly good. The rest of the team kind of sucks, and so I don't believe that this is going to be a team that takes a, a massive step forward this year. So I think seven getting to 73 points is going to be a bit tough for this team this year. Next, I have Ottawa at 91.5. I think this is a worse team than where they were a season ago. They have major financial issues that if anything happens to any of their players it's going to be tough for them to fix. Um, so I, I just, I don't see this team taking that step to be a 91 win team or a 92 point team this year. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins at 96 and a half points. I just, I don't view them as that type of a team. And I don't know if they had the off season to get them back to being that type of a team. And maybe you look at Kyle Dubas being there as someone who's going to be aggressive in season to, to help elevate this team a little bit more. But I just, I, it, it sucks because you, you love Crosby and Malkin and, and, and all of those guys. Um, and maybe with Eric Carlson, there, there's the elevation. But you have to think last year was kind of best case scenario for him. I just don't see it with the, the Penguins. I, I think that, that this is a roster. and This is a point total that is given based on reputation. And I, I don't view this as a team that is a real serious threat in the Eastern Conference. And a team to get to close to 100 points... Not a chance. In a competitive Eastern Conference, no way. Um, Buffalo, same thing, 92 and a half points. They, they took a bit of a step, and maybe there, there is an improvement there, but I, I think if you're buying the over on the Buffalo Sabres right now, you are kind of looking at best-case scenario for everything, and when has that happened in Buffalo, or with any team, right? Like, I, I don't think you're building in any risk with, with that group. So I, I think Buffalo, while 
they're going to be fun and they're they're going to be I think elevated a little bit. Difficult Eastern Eastern Conference. I I think maybe they don't take as big of a step as people are saying. So if there are overvalued teams, there would have to be undervalued teams. Yes. Yes. So, um, let's look at our undervalued teams. First, Detroit at 85 and a half points. Um, that they make a, I think, really good trade to go out and get to Brinkett. They had made a few win-now moves around a, a decent young core that I, I think is going to, to help move this team up. Um, and so to, to get Detroit not even needing to get to 90 points... Um, I, I think that's a, a huge win. So I think Detroit um, is a, a little bit undervalued. I think the Jets at 91 and a half points are a little undervalued. Um, th there's obviously turmoil there, but I, I think a lot of people's expectations that the Jets were going to fall off was based on the thought that they were going to blow this team up. They haven't. And you still have very talented people on this hockey club and a decent enough coach, I think. So I, I think that this is a Jets team that's going to surprise a lot of people this year. Um, and so I, I think they're a little undervalued at 91 and a half points. New York Islanders, 91 and a half. I, I think a full year with Bo Horvat. Um, and this is just a, an Islanders team that always gets to around 90 points. So I, maybe you are, maybe I am ignoring a few um, things like what we, I just said with Buffalo, you're basically buying best case scenario. You're probably doing that here with the Islanders, but um, I, I just think they have the goaltending. They have the, the forward group. The defense is fine. Um, I, I just think they have the all around team to continue to be in that 95, 96 point range. So I think they're a bit undervalued here. And then two teams with Stanley cup odds that I, I thought really interesting. Um, Vegas, I think is undervalued this year. They have the fifth, the defending champions at the fifth best odds to, to win the Stanley Cup. Now they didn't bring in anyone huge. They lost a little bit, but I, I think they could afford to lose and still be ahead of a lot of people. So the fifth best odds to win the Stanley Cup seems almost insulting to me. Um, and the Tampa Bay Lightning at plus 2,000 to win the Stanley Cup. Yes, Vasilevsky is going to be out for the first couple of weeks, or first couple of months, sorry. But the, one of the best goalies in the world is still going to be around playoff time, probably. And that this is still an incredible roster. And now they've had the quick playoff exit. So they had the longer offseason to, to maybe rest up a little bit and take another charge at it. To have them almost middle of the pack when it comes to Stanley Cup odds is wildly undervaluing the Tampa Bay Lightning. So those are five teams that I think are overvalued and undervalued coming into this season. Now let's look at the Calgary Flames. Previewing the forward and defense group for the Flames this season. Um, looking at daily faceoff, the lines read as follows. Huberto, Lindholm, and Manjapani as the top line. Sharon Govich, Backlund, and Coronado as your second. Ruzichka, Kadri, and Dubé on the third. Coleman, Schwint, and Dewar as your fourth line. I think it's pretty interesting um, the, the way that goes. I, I love Manjapani getting a, a chance. When you look at what this team struggled with last year, it was goal scoring. And a lot of the goals went right out the door with Tyler Foley being moved um, for Sharon Govich. But for Manjapan, like for, for this team, if they're going to, to find some of those goals that they A, needed to make up and then B, really needed to make up to catch up with the rest of the league, Manjapani, I think, is going to be someone who who has to be at the front of it. Like, the, the obvious one is Huberto has to be better. Um, if he is just, like, 65-point guy, then this team is fucked. Like, they are remarkably screwed, if that is the case. So he needs to find that playmaking ability that got him to, to 
be one of the, the top players in the world. He needs to find that again. Um, but I, I think this is a good combination. Huberto, excellent playmaker. Lindholm, phenomenal shot. And Manchapani is a fantastic puck retrieval guy who can also put the puck in the net. We, we've seen uh, to the, the tune of 30 goals. So... I feel like this line really balances off of each other really well. That second line is interesting. We've talked before about how Backlund was kind of the get-right guy for everyone, but he usually was only having to get one guy right at the same time. Um, it's a lot of responsibility now to have Coronado and Sharon Govich both on his line. I do think that he can handle that, though. And if you can turn a Backlund line into a scoring line... Boy, that, that really does help you. I think Sharon Govich's goal numbers are going to go up this year. I think he's going to get more opportunities on the power play. Coronado has shown a, an offensive upside that gives you a, a lot of optimism um, around this club. Third line, Razichka, Kadri, and Dubé feels like they would be a disaster to play against. Um, they would be really difficult. This would be, a, even though they're not like all of them physically heavy, I think this would be a heavy line, a grinding line to play against, and one that you feel comfortable throwing out in, in most situations. One that I think would be fine in its own end, but also be able to, to put the puck in the net. And then a fourth line of Coleman, Schwint, and Dewar just feels like a lot of energy going on with that line. Um, so overall, you, you like how this team stacks up. If players get hurt, uh, I think that they will be more comfortable throwing some young players in to, to provide that spark. Pelche being out really sucks, and I think really changes the dynamic of how you put this team together. And it hurts the forward depth if players do get hurt, but I think there are enough interesting young players that they'll be okay. Um... The kids do need to step up, like Coronado and Sharon Govich have to be, I think kind of have to have the offensive upside that people are expecting for them, for this team to, to make any kind of noise, um, as constituted right now. The, the the kids just have to be what everyone has been saying that they could be for a, a couple of years. But obviously the, the main one is Jonathan Huberto. If he's just bad, then th this team, quite frankly, doesn't have a hope. On the blue line, um, it is Uyghur Anderson, Hannafin Tanev, and Zadorov Osterly. Again, all of these courtesy of Daily Faceoff. It's a strong group. It's a really strong group. I think Uyghur has a chance to, to break out this year. I think Rasmus has another level to get to. There's obviously question marks around Hannafin and his desire to not want to be a Calgary Flame anymore. Um, and Tanev is just solid. I worry about the depth. Um, th this is a blue line that has a couple of guys who have a tendency to get banged up. And... That would be an issue because I, I don't think there's a ton behind these guys that you feel comfortable about. Comfortable about. If Shillington comes back, I think that changes the entire dynamic of this. But um, th this is a group. This is a group on paper that should be a good hockey team. But we are so burned by what we saw from this team a year ago that it's tough to to fully back them right now. But if if everyone kind of plays the way that they can, I'm not even saying you get best case scenario out of everyone. But if they just play somewhere in the, like, reasonable realm of this is a good version of you, then this should be a team that is competing for a playoff spot. We can get into bigger conversations about should that matter, should this team build forward, and all, all of those things, but just looking at this team on paper, this is a good hockey team. But it's in a division with great hockey teams, and that's going to be a real, real problem for them, I think, pretty soon. So... There's optimism. There's reason for optimism around this forward group and around the, this blue line. But it's just, it needs to be a whole lot better than it was a season ago. That's going to do it for part two of the show. Thank you all so much for tuning in 
today. Uh, again, follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at primetimeklein, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. And you can email the show, couchpotatodiary, at yahoo.com. Um, if you're watching a video, hit subscribe, hit like. Um, if you are watching, or sorry, if you're listening, rate, review, subscribe on whatever pod podcast form you are on. Um, that kind of stuff really does help me out a lot. Again, Blue Jays are available in part one. This is going to be part two. Tomorrow, I'm going to be on Sportsnet 960th M, but there's also going to be an NFL preview episode here um, on the, the podcast, the Fights in Football Friday. going to talk about what Canelo's win um, over Jermel Charlo meant and a whole lot more. So stay tuned for that. Saturday, I'm going to be doing ring announcing for Wild Rose Wrestling. Follow me on social media for all the details about that. Thank you all so much, and I will talk to you all later.